This is just a warning before the show starts that throughout it, I do make several, several references to the recent Army Hammer sexting scandal. And if you're thinking, why would I need a trigger warning for an Army Hammer sexting scandal? Then boy, do I envy your naivety. I suggest you either Google it before you start this episode, or maybe never learn about it. Maybe uh, turn your phone off, take a bubble bath, and read a book. Now on to the show. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Let Me Ruin Your Life with Serena Shahidi. I am your host, Serena Shahidi, and uh, enough of the formalities. Let's dive right into this. Now, uh, it has been a long week of keeping up with the news. Of course, there were riots at the Capitol. That was pretty crazy. I was on TikTok Live the whole time, you know, keeping the nation updated, as I do, as is my role in this society. Um, Of course, Trump was banned from Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Pinterest, Letterboxd, which honestly, I'm kind of jealous of the Pinterest part, like with all the hyper specific private bizarre mood boards I create on an almost daily basis. I feel as if I should be banned from Pinterest, too. But of course, we're not talking about politics, baby. Um, Or maybe we are. But we're talking about something that is far more upsetting in the news this week. And that was the Army Hammer sext scandal. You guys wanted me to talk about it. I'm talking about it. Of course, I was a big fan of Army Hammer um, before I found out that he was a cannibal. If you don't know what happened, um, you're going to need to Google it. Because if I tell you, you won't believe me. Um, But basically, Army Hammer had a scandal where some DMs with him were uh, screenshotted and posted by this girl. And essentially, he's talking about how he wants to drink her blood. He wants to uh, cut off her toe and keep it in his pocket or something. It's the craziest shit you will ever read. And uh, because it's so insane, everyone thought it was fake at first. I think people still think it's fake. As someone who has been keeping up with the scandal um, at every, every twist and turn... It's, it's real. It's real. I'm telling you right now, uh, if you want the receipts, you can follow at House of Effie on Instagram. I think she's a private account, but she has like everything in her stories. A million screenshots of just the most bizarre things you've ever seen in your entire life. Um, highly recommend checking it out. Trigger warning for just about everything. Uh, just about, yeah, there's really nothing um, in those that would not make you uncomfortable. Oh my god, do you hear that? They're coming to get Army Hammer. Yes, I love that for us. Um, there is part of me that's like, I'm kind of not surprised. I'm kind of not surprised. I feel like when someone, and this is a life lesson, when someone is that like perfect on paper, like super privileged, you know, he's like, what, 6'5", he's obviously very conventionally attractive, he's rich, he's famous. I feel like you can have like three out of four of those things and still be a normal person. Four out of four, that's cannibal territory. That's cutting off toes territory. That's drinking blood. You know what? In retrospect, I am not quite sure what convinced me that a man like that could be normal, you know? He looks like one of those rich guys who, like, 
his dad owns a sex cult, you know? Like, he's not the founder, but he'll inherit it. You know what I mean? That's Army Hammer. And the craziest part, I think, is now, like, all of his ex-girlfriends, his ex-wife, like, anyone who's really, like, communicated with him in any sort of romantic or sexual way is totally, like, those are real. Those are definitely real. Do you know how insane of a person you have to be to have a cannibalism scandal? And anyone who's ever been close to you is like, yeah, sounds about right. Sounds like Army. That's my boy. Can you imagine if someone posted a screenshot of a conversation with me where I was talking about how I wanted to, like, Van Gogh their ear off or, like, I don't know, chew on their blood vessels or something. And all of my friends were like, yeah, yeah, that's Serena. That's Serena, all right. That's, yeah, that's definitely real. For sure. She says stuff like that all the time. Love it. Also, speaking of my friends, I think something um, that we've really forgotten about as a society is the Army Hammer toe-sucking video. This is something that uh, me me and the girlies talk about constantly. Really, we, we can relate any conversation back to this. I don't know if you guys remember, Army Hammer posted a video, I think on Instagram, of him just like letting his son suck on his toes. That's a real thing. You can look it up. It's it's a disturbing video. It's like up there with the, the Ted Cruz booger video for me. It's pretty It's pretty high up there. Also, if you haven't seen the Ted Cruz booger video, um, it's not something I would recommend. It's certainly not something I would recommend. It did, I'm pretty sure it made me shed a tear the first time I watched it. But honestly, if you're checking out like the Army Hammer cannibalism text and the toe sucking video, you might as well watch the Ted Cruz booger video. I don't know if anyone else has any more recommendations, but we maybe you'll just make this into a binge watch. Does anyone have any, like, snuff films they can recommend while we're at it? Also, the latest news on the Army Hammer thing. Um, So apparently he got dropped from this movie that he was doing with J-Lo. Like, some rom-com with J-Lo. Sounded terrible anyway. Someone needed to drop out of that movie. Um, And so now they're desperately searching for a replacement. But the statement he gave, Mr. Mr. Cut, Cut Your Toes Off, Mr. Cannibal... Um, He was like, now that all this bullshit is spreading about me, there's no way I can like feel okay with leaving my kids for four months to film a movie. Uh, Not how that works. Not how that works. Like that is how you know he's guilty because that just makes no logical sense. Why would your children be less safe when you're gone for four months? What are they going to get a second dad that's even more of a cannibal? I can't imagine their bar for a father figure is particularly high, Army. If you're so concerned for how your reputation is going to affect your children, then, like, do a movie, girl. Do a movie. But obviously, he can't do the movie because Mr. Army Hannibal was dropped. Obviously. Do you blame... Can you imagine casting someone and they have a cannibalism scandal? A candle? Of course you have to keep them away from J-Lo. Of course they want to drink her blood. And now there's a bunch of headlines like, Oh, he's drinking while driving. Army Hammer spotted doing drugs in a car. Uh, I sure hope he's doing drugs. 
I sure hope he's doing drugs. You want him to tell someone to cut their toe off so he can carry it around in his pocket sober? You want him to be off a green juice saying things like that? For real? Is that a bath salts thing? Is he on bath salts? Because in the video, he was like eating crystals. And bath salts were what people were taking like in Florida when they were eating each other, right? So Army Hammer's publicist, if you're listening, for uh, five mil, you can take this idea from me. Say he's on bath salts. Okay? I think that's best case. Easiest chance of digging your boy out of that hole. But it will cost you. Because clearly uh, you're not great at doing your job. I might have to step in. So that wa- that's my thoughts on uh, the Army Hammer sex. They're definitely real. Uh, you can follow that girl on Instagram if you'd like to see. But I don't know if you would like to see. This has definitely like raised my bar for uh, celebrity scandals. Like never again will I be upset that a celebrity I liked became a Scientologist. Are they eating people? Are they eating people? No? Oh, how nice. How darling. They're better than Army Hammer. Timothy Chalamet is very lucky that he has no meat on his bones. I'm sure uh, if you try to cannibalize that boy, it would be American Spirits and Mud Coffee. Mud is a, a coffee shop in the East Village that he frequents for you guys who aren't familiar. So I'm, I'm glad little old Timothy won't be a victim. Anyway, uh, it is a new year. It's 2021. Aren't you glad we discussed cannibalism before discussing uh, the new year? But that's very exciting. My New Year's Eve was rough. Mama started this year on a low note. I spent it with two of my friends, one of whom is an ex-sorority girl, I think. I don't think she's a current sorority girl, although I don't understand Greek life, so she might be. And she brought something that I was unfamiliar with um, until that fateful day, night. She brought Pink Whitney, which you guys are mostly young, so you probably know what it is. If you don't, good for you. Class act. Uh, it is a pink lemonade-flavored vodka, and... The next day, I've never felt so horrible in my entire life. That was a rough start to the new year. I, we didn't turn a light on until 8 p.m. the next day. It was absolutely horrible. It was very different from last year um, when Tess and I threw a soiree at her mother's apartment, which was very fun. Great time. I miss those days of just socializing in large groups. Those were truly the days. Now I'm back to, like what I was doing freshman year of college when I didn't have any friends and just most of my socialization comes from dates, which I'm not going to lie. It's fun. It's fun. It's uh, cheap on my part. Not on theirs. Certainly not on theirs. I am also recording this during the day because I have a date tonight. Uh, I also had a date last night with just a, a lovely dilf in the meatpacking district. I was, I don't, ever since I started this podcast, I'm kind of disappointed whenever a date goes well, because then I'm like, this isn't, this isn't content. So I've been saying yes to dates that maybe won't go as well. For example, 
I think I've talked about on the podcast how someone slid into my LinkedIn DMs and asked me out. And uh, I mean, it took me about a month, but eventually I was like, you know what? Yes. Yeah, let's go out. He did mention like you can use it for podcast content, which is uh, which is fantastic. I love a man who knows his place. I love a man who knows what he's good for. Um, I also I tweeted the other day or week or whatever. I'm sorry if you can hear cars, but once again, this is being recorded during the day. Um, I tweeted that I wanted to go on another date with the married guy who I went on a date with. I think I've talked about that on here. This guy who took me to a rooftop bar and then halfway through was like, this is going really well. Uh, I should probably tell you that I am still technically married, which, by the way, if anyone's listening and wants to know what technically married means, it means fully married. It doesn't mean open marriage. It doesn't mean separated. It doesn't mean living apart. That means married, married. Beep, beep. They're agreeing. You hear them agreeing? That's right. So I was like, should I go on a second date with him for podcast content? Obviously, if I'm asking a question on the internet, I just want people to, uh, what's the word? Not encourage, enable my behavior. I was looking for like, what would a therapist say? I'm just looking for people to enable my behavior. That's I don't actually care if someone thinks I should do something or shouldn't. I'm going to do it. I will be doing it. Um, but I want strangers on the internet to enable me in doing so. But a couple people were very mad about that because, of course, he's married and uh, they think of me as a homewrecker, which, first of all, I'm, n- I'm not a homewrecker. I'll get into that in a second. Um, But I also, I don't have um, a moral qualm against homewreckers. I think homewreckers have no obligation to anyone else's relationship. And uh, the only thing that annoys me about people like that is the attitude of like, ooh, I can take your man. I can take your man. Who cares? Who cares? Oh, you took someone's 22-year-old boyfriend? What are you? A girl with low standards? Yes. Yeah. I don't want anyone else's man. Everyone else is so desperate. Everyone else's man sucks because everyone has low standards. It's gross. That's why I wouldn't be a homewrecker. Not because of, you know, who cares about someone's marriage? Uh, Especially like, oh, so you really care about podcast content over someone's marriage? Like, yes. I don't know how to... Yeah, of course. Like, that seems obvious to me. Of course I would value my own podcast content, duh, over a stranger's marriage. That's the construction workers agreeing with me. Okay, I just moved onto the floor of my bedroom um, as opposed to being, like, right against the window. So hopefully this helps. Uh, Move my little laptop set up along with my comically large iced coffee. Uh, What was I saying? Being a homewrecker. Or not being a homewrecker. Oh, I was about to say, from the perspective of the wife, would you rather find out that your husband was, like, in a in a relationship with another woman? Or would you rather someone be using your husband for podcast content? In a way, I'm using him, so that's, like, revenge for trying to cheat on his wife, right? Like, I'm kind of, I'm kind of a great person. I'm kind of like Mother Teresa. Anyway, so expect updates with that man and uh, possibly the LinkedIn man. I'm expecting the LinkedIn man to be more interesting. That I have, I have many questions for him uh, just about 
mostly about his success rates for sliding into LinkedIn DMs. I also, soon I want to have my friend Zach on, who he invented the dating app Filter Off, but he has also used, we've discussed this, he's used uh, just about every dating app in the world, or website, whatever, so uh, I am very much looking forward to having him on and just, I don't know, discuss him absolutely pillaging the internet for love, or whatever. Um, so is that all my updates? I mean, I'm not, I have not been doing, uh, many exciting things. Oh, I started running. I don't want to discuss that. Like, I don't want to describe hitting rock bottom. I just thought I should let you guys know that I've, I've hit it. I've reached it. I don't know. I don't know how to phrase it. Is it a milestone? Is it, is it exciting? Is it sad? I think it's a little bit of both. Also by running, I mean like, it's mostly walking. I can't run. I can go for a walk where I uh, just like sprint like three to five times. To me, that's a run. To me, that's a run. Um, To everyone else at Central Park, it is not a run um, because they're all running and I'm not. But hopefully I will start being a happy person. Unlikely. I'm not going to lie. Has not happened since, ooh, uh... I want to say like fifth grade. Maybe I was running in fifth grade and I just forgot. Maybe that's like the key to life or to my that's I'm always worried when I try something new. Like what if this is the thing that solves all of my problems? My friend gave me Kratom the other night. I was like, I'm scared that this is going to be it. And I'm going to have to like, actually, I'm not scared. That would be great if I could just keep Costco bulk amounts of Kratom in my apartment and then everything would be solved. Uh, but yeah, it didn't solve much, uh, made my face numb. Anyway, that's my life for now, my life or lack thereof. So, uh, I'm by myself today. So let's get into the questions. I, I will warn you, I'll tell you right now, one of these questions is going to be, uh, most likely a very long rant. And I know that cause I've tried to like take very small bulleted notes for these questions and one of them turned into an essay. So we're going to start with one that is very simple and lighthearted and then maybe we'll go on to the the rant one. So the first question is, do you think it's possible to be classy and follow fashion trends? How can you cultivate a classy wardrobe? Okay, uh, I do think it's a little bit difficult to be classy and follow fashion trends of course it depends on the trend and it depends on the occasion like of course if you're wearing like a sheen sheen whatever it's called like two-piece outfit to a cocktail party no I don't think that's classy but there are definitely ways to incorporate trends into your wardrobe I just very much don't love doing that because it's wasteful it leads to a lot of like turnover and your wardrobe leads to a lot of indecisiveness um so I would recommend starting with the staples for like classy wardrobe so I wrote out the staples here's what I think you should start with And I think like minimalism and investing in certain pieces is the key. And I know that's really hard. It's really hard for me because if I see something that's very 
I don't know, loud and on brand for me. I like have to have it, even if it's only wearable like once in a blue moon. But it's important to be a little bit more of a minimalist than I tend to be. Go for more simple things. What you want to have, and mostly solids, mostly solids. You want to have turtlenecks. Turtlenecks are very easy to kind of make something look not more formal, but I don't know, a little a little classier. I love, love a turtleneck and a mini skirt combo. It's very fan fine. It's very like 90s chic. Button up blouses are very important. A silk blouse is always nice. Knit sweaters. Cocktail dresses, of course. You know I love a cocktail dress. Day dresses, you know, a little picnic moment. Of course, a little black dress. Um, pencil skirts. Pencil skirts are very versatile. Mini skirts, if paired well. I love a mini skirt. I can't go without saying that, even though it's not, you know. It might not be the epitome of the type of staple you're looking for, but I love a mini skirt. Um, trousers, cigarette pants, also very versatile. Love a fur coat, uh, either fake or vintage. I have a real fur coat, but it is vintage. Don't come for me. Uh, blazers are always important. Cardigans, of course. Accessory-wise, we love a scarf, whether it's for your neck, you know, like a scarf, or for your hair, like the very 60s look. I love that look of just a hair scarf and like a convertible. It's so vintage West Coast. Love it. A nice dainty watch. I've definitely made the mistake 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 of having a very masculine watch and that looks good on some people. I mean, it's not my style and I also have very tiny wrists. I have little snappable little wrist bones, so uh, definitely prefer a daintier watch. Tennis bracelets are always nice. Not everyone likes them, but classic item pearls of course small hoops uh oversized sunglasses love them shoe wise court pumps I would say are like my number one essential for shoes regular pumps for nighttime uh ankle boots for the winter especially with pants flats I I can't really wear flats they just scare me I don't like being that close to the ground I like being tall they make me uncomfortable, but flats look good. They're very casual de devantes, you know what I mean? And uh, loafers as well, with or without heels. Loafers are always uh, appropriate for the workplace. And then find some, some inspiration. Some of my favorite like media to look for for style inspiration. Uh, first of all, the nanny, of course. Love my Fran Fine style. Love it. Gossip Girl is a great one. They have some looks on there. Breakfast at Tiffany's is a classic. Really any like old movie. Uh, I love a good like 40s femme fatale movie. Sabrina, which I talked about the 1995 remake on TikTok and everyone made me watch the original, which I also loved. Uh, so Sabrina, watch either either the 95 remake or the original. Both fantastic. Both great style inspiration. I would say the original is better for style inspiration. Uh, Mad Men is a great one. Love, love the style in that show. I never keep up with the plot. Uh, I get distracted by John Hamm. Sex in the City, of course. Very early 2000s classy. I need to start talking more about movies and stuff on here. 
I need to like copy what Love of My Life Anthony Jeselnik does on his podcast and have a little recommendation station where I just uh, recommend the media I've consumed recently. I mean, as of late, I mean, as of lately, I've really just been like illegally streaming John Waters movies, which is a form of style inspiration um, in a way. If you guys want to follow me on Letterboxd, it is the same username as everything else, Glam Demon 2004 I'll try to update it more. Um, I don't have fantastic taste. I am a very aesthetically focused person, so I really only watch movies um, if they're aesthetically pleasing or if they have hot people in them, which is why I really like reading, because I can just imagine every character in my head as being super hot, and then I can keep paying attention. Like, every time I try to watch a British show or a British movie, I'm like, this is cute or whatever. But I have to look at British people, you know? Like, is it worth it? I don't know. So, anyway, I got a little bit off topic. My number one style inspiration, just as a person, is, of course, Dita Von Teese. I love her. Uh, I have her two books. I think she only has two books. She has one, uh, The Art of the Teese. And another, the Dita Von Teese beauty book, or whatever she calls it. Both fantastic books. Both highly recommend if you're into that old Hollywood glamour burlesque style. And probably the most important thing when it comes to dressing classy or looking put together, and this is especially important if you thrift, uh, is to just make sure you're going for like quality fabrics, uh, nothing that's going to wrinkle too much if you know you're not going to steam it very often. Things that, you know, no stains, no loose threads, no missing buttons, stuff like that. Just make sure you look put together. Uh, try to value that above the rest of your style, even though I know it's hard. I would so much rather look like a mess in an outfit I like than look really put together in an outfit I hate. But... It is important to not look like a mess most of the time. Sometimes you can. A good amount of the time you can. Whatever. It depends on the occasion. Um, But pay attention to that stuff. And don't be afraid to be a little dramatic from time to time. Nothing wrong with a corset. Nothing wrong with uh, a go-go boot. As you guys know, I love. Nothing wrong with an opera glove. Nothing wrong with big pearls. There's certainly something to be said for subtlety, but there's also something to be said for drama. And, uh, I mean, depends on who you are as a person if you don't want to draw attention to yourself. But my goal in life is to draw attention to myself. So that's basically been my mission every day when I get dressed for the past however many years. Also, if you can sew... There are so many vintage sewing patterns on like Etsy or whatever. Like you can really go crazy with those, especially if you're any good at pattern making or whatever. You know, you can make the same item in different fabrics. It's a ball. Highly recommend. I really miss sewing from patterns because the last time I was sewing was like in school as a fashion design student when you would have to do all of your own, you know, pattern making and draping. That was stressful. That was stressful. Sewing from a pattern is so much more peaceful. You know, you have something to guide you. You're like, I'm, I can't f*** this up that bad. I, I truly crave that peace in my life right now. Would kill for a sewing pattern. But those are my uh, tips to cultivate a classy wardrobe. Other than that, just definitely, you know, use Pinterest to make mood boards because uh, God knows... Trump can't. Do it for him. Do it for him. 
Okay. Let's move on to the next question, which I said is the one that's going to end in a rant, but I'm honestly looking forward to this rant because this is something I've been thinking about, and I think a lot of people have been thinking about it lately. I know I've seen a lot of videos about it. Um, so someone said, hey, Serena, Illy, I just had a breakdown and felt I and other girlies could benefit from your thoughts on the male gaze and how it affects girls who like dressing and acting conventionally feminine. Okay, so dying to talk about this, dying to talk about this. Um, so I believe that we as women have been taught by whatever you want to call this branch of feminism, liberal feminism, individualist feminism, libertarian feminism, choice feminism, whatever, you know, you know what I'm talking about. Um, I think they have taught us that, I mean, they have taught us that everything we do as women is inherently empowering, even if it contributes to the patriarchy, even if it puts us in danger, whatever. Uh, And this was, I remember this being a frequent topic of conversation on Tumblr back in the day because there were so many posts about like eyeliner so sharp it could kill and that's always a theme for women on the internet of like you know revenge body make your ex regret his whole life just all of these things that are very male oriented and very the implication there is that wearing makeup appealing to the male gaze whatever is feminism you know it's fierce whatever and there's certainly been this sort of girl bossism of appealing to the male gaze. We've seen that lately with like the bimbo trend that's been going around. And I have nothing wrong with that. I love myself a good bimbo. But do I think that putting yourself under the knife and like spending hours on makeup every day is inherently empowering? Keyword inherently. Don't come for me. No, I don't. I don't. And... The argument there is always like, oh, but it annoys men. Like, men don't like bimbos. Men don't like girly girls. Men don't like women who love makeup and are super girly and lack depth or whatever. But that's not true. It doesn't annoy men. It just falls on one side of their Madonna whore complex. Men don't hate bimbos. Men don't hate girly girls. Men don't hate girls who wear too much makeup. Men hate women. Like, Period. It's not about the way you present yourself or whatever. That doesn't change anything. They still don't respect you. And that's the problem. That's one of the problems I have with like pick me's because their attitude is very much like, oh, if I act like I'm wifey material, if I lower my standards, if I tell him that I think women's only purpose is to have kids and serve their husband, then like he'll respect me. And it's like, no, no, men don't respect women, period. You might think that men respect women who, you know, don't wear makeup and don't talk to other men and are innocent and just want to serve their husband. That's not true. Those women get cheated on every day. Those women get hit every day because it's not about any of that. Like, for example, the guy who shames women for not wanting to have babies is the same man who will call his wife fat after she does have his child. Because it's not about any of that. It's about him not respecting women, period. There is no right type of woman you can be to change that. And don't get me wrong, there's nothing with wanting to seem attractive to men. Of course you want to seem attractive to men, especially if you're attracted to them. You know, it attracts you to potential partners. It helps you navigate social situations better. Uh, It earns you more respect because of the halo effect. You know, people see an attractive woman, they assume she's also 
more put together, smarter, actually maybe not smarter, but you know, et cetera, et cetera. But I think where the problem comes in is when we try so desperately to paint this type of behavior as empowering. To say that, you know, makeup is empowering, eyeliner so sharp it could kill, whatever. Starving ourselves is empowering, revenge body, you know, like that is the problem. It's not empowering. No other group of like oppressed people, and I'm not playing like oppression Olympics here, but think about it. No other group of oppressed people brags so much about appealing to their oppressors. It is such a weird thing to do, you know, to paint that as something that makes you stronger, more empowered, whatever. I keep using the same words, whatever. And I think a lot of people don't realize that like the male gaze is not just external. It's internal as well. You know, Margaret Atwood, you're a woman with a man inside watching a woman. You are your own voyeur. I hated when like everyone first started wearing masks and girls were like, we're wearing makeup under our masks. This is proof that we did it for ourselves the whole time. Like, no, no, you're just appealing to the internal male gaze. You're just not self-aware enough to notice it. Like you're bragging about being dumb. I'm sorry, but like, it's true. And I mean, it's not all because of the male gaze. Like we present ourselves the way we do because of so many factors like, you know, our upbringing, the media we consume, who we're friends with, what our social status is like, how comfortable we are with our own identity, et cetera, et cetera. But we shouldn't ignore the fact that the male gaze is a factor in that. And it's so it's so incredibly naive to just say, oh, we're doing it for ourselves. We're all doing it for ourselves. No, we are not. Shut up. No, we're not. Partially, Sure. I mean, it helps. It makes us feel better, but it makes us feel better because of the male gaze. There is no medicinal power in mascara. There is no artistic expression in foundation. Let's stop acting like it's this artistic thing. I mean, it certainly can be, but for most of us, it's not. Let's be honest. For most of us, it's not. A basic makeup look? No. And I think once you realize that you are appealing to the male gaze, I think... The important question to ask yourself is like, what is your end goal? Because there are certainly valid reasons to appeal to the male gaze, of course. You know, if you want to be in a relationship, if you just want for men to find you attractive because you find them attractive, if you're trying to get free drinks, you know, whatever. But if it's just, I need male validation, that's something that you need to work on for sure. And I think... The way we've normalized, especially for young women, needing constant male attention is so harmful. Like the extent to which we've encouraged women, especially young girls, to use their bodies and sexuality as bartering tools for attention and affection and just shut down anyone who says otherwise or says it's unhealthy is so disturbing. And I know it doesn't seem like a big deal when you're young. Like, oh, of course I want male attention. I'm young. But if you don't grow out of that, that's a problem. That is a huge problem. Like, people do not realize. Things intensify with age. Things intensify with age, money, and fame. Like, all all three of those things can be great. But none of them will fix, like, deep-rooted issues. They will all make them worse. 
Because you might not think that it's a big deal that you're not really growing out of your need for constant male validation. But when time goes on, it will become a problem. It will become a problem. And I've seen it become a problem so many goddamn times. You know, people say it as a joke now. But like when you start excusing sexual misconduct because attention is attention, it's not a joke anymore. When you wind up in toxic relationships that you can't leave because you cannot be alone without a man, it's not a joke anymore. That is how women ruin their entire lives. And I don't mean like, oh, sometimes you get into a toxic relationship for a year. I mean, they wind up with someone like that and have kids with them, have a mortgage with them. Like, it is so hard to get out of all of that. It is so hard. It takes years. So if needing male attention and male validation and like willing to sacrifice so many things to get it is a problem for you and you're young, like you need to handle that as soon as possible. Because it's like, like therapists talk about childhood trauma and they say like, if you don't address your trauma, your relationships will. And they will. And that is a big, big problem for women. And that's when I think appealing to the male gaze can be dangerous when you're constantly doing it because you require that much attention. And it's so important to realize that the narrative that appealing to the male gaze is inherently empowering is pushed by men. And it's pushed by men for a reason. This, oh my God, this makes me so mad. I've brought this up on Twitter before um, and said that like men encouraging women post twerking videos or making only fans as a way of being anti-slut shaming is misogynistic it's creepy it's grooming and that's not slut shaming okay that is protecting women and it makes me so angry that we allow men who have no clue what a woman is risking by participating in sex work or posting sexual content on the internet They have no idea and they are encouraging women to do so, especially young women. And when someone critiques them for that, they're seen as a slut shamer or a prude instead of the man being seen as a misogynistic pervert, which they are. I can't even wrap my head around how many self-proclaimed male feminists have encouraged the commodification of women's sexuality and called it empowering and called it being a modern woman, whatever. I talk a lot about men who use feminism to their advantage and only agree with feminism when it's stuff that benefits them. And this is such a big part of it. These men who take the idea of empowerment and sexual liberation and use it as an excuse to demand access to women's bodies at all costs. That's not being a feminist. That's taking advantage of women. And especially when they do it in response to someone who is slut shaming or is, you know, getting angry at women for expressing their sexuality and they in turn encourage women to commodify their own sexuality and act like they're in the right. They're the progressive one. The other person isn't. And I'm not saying that, like, the other person is in the right. They're absolutely not. But presenting yourself as the antithesis of that type of rhetoric that hurts women when you're just spewing another type of rhetoric that hurts women is so fucked up. And it makes me so angry. 
And of course, there's nothing wrong with like getting naked on the internet or like doing a Megan Thee Stallion TikTok dance if you want to, obviously. But when men act as if women who don't do those things are insecure and unempowered and prudish or whatever, knowing, knowing damn well that it's the internet and there are young girls and women watching and listening to someone who has no idea of the dangers of doing those types of things. And they're encouraging it to young women that, ooh, oh my God. And if you're a man, do not argue with me on this. (laughs) Do not. Like, stop acting as if using women as sex objects is empowering for us. Stop, like, go to jail. Go to jail. I hope you get locked in a cell with Army Hammer. Allowing men to see you as a sex object is not empowering, you absolute freaks. You weirdos. Ugh. I am not anti-sex work. I am not a slut shamer. I am anti-men grooming young women. And that's what that is. And that's why we have to continue to think critically about those types of appeals to the male gaze and what they're portrayed as And who is benefiting? That's the thing. Who is benefiting with those types of appeals to the male gaze? Because if, you know, if you're going into a bar and you're dressed up, you're looking all girly and cute and classy because you want free drinks, you know, who's benefiting? You. The guy as well. You know, he gets some eye candy or whatever. But things that specifically benefit men, on the other hand, that's different. That is very different. And I don't think it's like the number one feminist issue to like go through every single thing we do and decide like whether or not we're appealing to the male gaze or who we're doing it for whatever I think the important thing is just to ask who is benefiting because that's what matters so much of the time okay I got very much off track there (laughs) Um, but that was all stuff that I have been meaning to say and I think is really important and I would love to elaborate on anything that I started rambling about at a certain point uh if you guys want me to talk more about that stuff because I find it very disturbing (sighs) okay I just took a break hoping that the construction would get quieter it has not this is annoying me my date tonight better be great no it better be terrible because I want more podcast content um I hope he like gets hit by a bus or something just kidding probably anyway Um, next question. I get a lot of dating app questions and, uh, I feel especially prepared for this one because I've been talking a lot about online dating on like clubhouse, you know, girlie's been having her, her little clubhouse rooms. This question is how to have a successful dating app conversation where you confidently let the man know you're a woman of class and only want them if they treat you right, wine and dine you, gifts, etc. Okay. My number one advice for dating online is pictures are everything. Pictures are everything. And I don't just mean like be hot. That's obvious. I mean, if you're listening to this, that has already been checked off of the list. But there's so many other elements to a picture. And if you actually pay attention to like yourself when you're swiping, you'll see like how many things can be a turn on or a turn off for you based on the picture that has nothing to do with how the person looks. So, for example, how's the lighting? How is the quality of the picture? You don't want a blurry picture, 
But also, if all your pictures are professional, that's like sus. That's very catfishy. Um, what does your clothing look like? Where are you? Uh, just overall, what type of person are you presenting yourself as? And that matters no matter who you're trying to attract. It doesn't have to be someone who's going to wine and dine you. You know, if you do want to be wine and dine like flown to Saint Tropez, then make sure you don't have pictures of you like in coffee shops wearing mom jeans. And if you're just looking for someone to like kick it and watch movies with, which I don't know why you would, but uh, in that case, then you don't need to have pictures of you holding champagne at black tie events, you know? It's all a matter of how you're presenting yourself and, you know, try to look through it from kind of a, a third third party perspective. Look at it objectively as best you can and think like, what type of person is this? Like if I were a man, what kind of date would I ask this person on? And that is the that's the biggest thing. It's also important. This is also just like general dating app advice, but like mix up the photos. I say this all the time because it looks so weird if you have like if you have all selfies, you look crazy. You look like you have no friends. And also like don't don't put selfies in your dating profile. It's so gross. Uh, if you have all group pictures like at the club, you look like an alcoholic. If all of your pictures are like funny, like, ooh, I'm I'm sticking my tongue out. I'm wearing I don't know a Halloween costume and it's like oh you're annoying like you can't be a, a real person that's annoying um so mix up the photos have you know a, a very upscale one you know keep in mind obviously how you're presenting yourself in general but mix it up a little bit have you know some of them more on the casual side some of them more dressed up another thing is to emphasize that you have like nice classy feminine interests even if you're even if you've like never been on a boat before be like I love I don't know I love hanging out on boats maybe that that actually sounds like tacky and Instagram modely but you know what I'm saying you know what I'm getting at uh don't put too much emphasis on um interests of yours that don't align with the type of persona you're trying to come across as you might like to play video games, uh, which is fine. Actually, it's not. Ew, gross. Don't play video games. But keep that off the profile, you know? You like reading classic lit and uh, playing croquet. Actually, don't know what croquet is. Is that a... Is that the... Brit no, the British one is cricket. Croquet, I think, is the opening scene of Heathers. Anyway, that's the extent uh, to which I know about sports. Like, you know, what was in Heathers... I would also say you can generally see if they're really looking to like wine and dine and spoil you from the place that they pick, uh, like they ask you out to. Uh, and always if they ask you out without mentioning a place, ask where they had in mind before you say yes. You know, they say like, are you free Friday night? Uh, maybe. What did you have in mind? That lets them know that, you know, you care about where you are. You care about the experience. Uh, you're not just about, you know, being with them. Who cares? They're a man. Gross. I would also say drop the phrase old-fashioned whenever possible. Uh, you know, if they ask you on a date that's, like, less than ideal for you, just be like, oh, I'm, I'm old-fashioned. Like, I like to be taken out to dinner. I like the whole works for that. You know, once they hear the phrase old-fashioned, usually that is more of an indicator that you're, like, classy and... Uh, used to that stuff rather than like oh I've just never been to Waverly Inn or whatever 
Also, whatever you like suggest or whatever, keep it casual and keep it flirty. You'd be so surprised as to what you can, I don't want to say like get out of men or like get men to do for you because it's just like, you know, it's a part of the dating process. It's it's the courting process. It's nothing special. You're not taking advantage of him. And that's also important to remember. Like this is being wined and dined. That's dating. That's normal. That's the standard The talking phase, being asked to hang out, that's just, like, gross. That's not a normal part of dating. See, did you hear that, Beef? That was in agreement with me. Um, So wanting to be taken out and shown a nice time is nothing special. Like, that is the absolute bare minimum. But, yeah, keep it light. Keep it flirty. Like, I'm trying to come up with an example. Uh, If you're talking about traveling and he's like, oh, have you ever been to like this island or whatever? Uh, Just be like, no, you'll have to take me sometime. Sounds great. You know, you don't have to be bossy or like tell someone exactly what you want from them in order to get the idea across that you're used to being treated well. In fact, doing the opposite and getting like angry and defensive and bossy when they're not treating you well, as opposed to just being like confused and walking away. Uh, The former definitely makes it seem as if that's how like every guy treats you and you're sick of it. Whereas the latter is like, oh, she's not used to being treated badly. Like I need to step my game up. Also, like people do what they can get away with. The easiest way to get someone to take you on a real date is to say no to anything that isn't a real date. Don't be so desperate that you're just trying to, you know, get your foot in the door of their life so that one day they'll treat you well. They won't. They'll just get used to treating you like that. And if your foot is in the door, I mean, Army Hammer might be on the other side just trying to pluck that toe off and keep it in his pocket. Be careful. Do you think Army Hammer has a charm bracelet? That has like a toe from each one of his side pieces. I hope he's not listening. Because that's like a killer idea. Oop, I shouldn't say killer. I don't want to give him any ideas. Also, I'm sorry for going back to Army Hammer. But can we just talk about the people who are like, let's not kink shame him. Um, it's cannibalism. It is cannibalism. Is there no line? Not to be all classically Abby in here. But is, have we reached the point? Where we're no longer looking down upon cannibals? What, as long as it's happening on a bed? That's the line. That's the line. At what point are we allowed to be like, uh, I think it's bad to want to kill women, even if there's consent involved? Are there no morals as soon as testosterone is involved? I don't understand. Am I old-fashioned for thinking it's bad to want to barbecue women? Is that prudish of me? Anyway. Um, next tip, if your date is Army Hammer, don't let him take you to a barbecue. I literally said to my friend before I started recording this podcast, I could fill this entire hour with just talking about Army Hammer, but I won't. Uh, wrong. I will. I can and I will. And it's necessary. Someone has to say it. Ugh, I need a Pulitzer. I really do. Anyway, yeah, so always 
Uh, establish your standards right away instead of not establishing your standards and then like nagging them for not meeting them. I feel like that's how so many relationships fail because you just let your partner get away with everything at the beginning of the relationship and at a certain point someone gets mad at them for not being a good enough partner and it's like well you didn't require a good partner. You were fine with that, you know, a few months ago or whatever. So establish that standard right away. It's also about just being, um, you guys might get mad at me, gender roles. Gender roles are coming up. I'm talking gender roles. I'm getting into classically Abby mode as a girl does every once in a while. Um, But it's, you know, a matter of being feminine and uh, the, and I really like no matter what, your genders are in a relationship there's you know one person who mostly gives and one person who mostly receives in many ways I mean if you have like a 50 50 relationship that's cute or whatever but uh I don't think this podcast is for girlies who are looking for such a thing I personally do not endorse it at all I think it's so tacky we're 50 50 ugh like that's fine in a gay relationship but like you're 50 50 with a man and you're a woman do you hate yourself? Or when they're like, we spoil each other. He buys me dinner, I buy him dinner. Baby, first of all, that's not what spoiling is at all. Spoiling is one person receives. And also, like, you're paying down a debt. Like, does that sound romantic to you? He bought you dinner, so you owe him? That's your idea of romance? I'm sorry, that's just not particularly romantic or appealing to me. At the end of Sleepless in Seattle, did Tom Hanks's character go up to Meg Ryan's character on the observation deck and go, mm, can you Venmo me half the price of the plane ticket? It was like kind of expensive. Like, I just want this to be 50-50. No. And even in friendships, like, I think that's super weird when people do that in friendships. Unless it's a large amount of money. But, you know, if I like swipe my friend into the subway... Later that day, I'm not going to be like, hmm, remember when I swiped you in? I sure am thirsty for a 275 Diet Coke. No, it's weird. Well, maybe a Diet Coke. Actually, that's fine. Ugh, can someone buy me a Diet Coke? And uh, anyway, so it's important to establish yourself as the person in that dynamic who is on the receiving end of things. You know, you're not making the reservations. You're not getting the flowers. And not everyone wants to be in a relationship like that, and that's fine. I'm not saying that that's how it should be. I mean, kind of. You can be a girl boss all you want. I'm still not paying for dinner. Definitely emphasize your femininity and your traditionalness. Is there a word for that? Ugh. I need to start reading the books my father tells me to read. Traditionalness. (laughs) Your tradwifeness. Bring out your inner classically Abby is what I'm trying to say, essentially. You know, you want someone to look at you and think like, oh, I want to spoil her and not like, I want to cut off her toe and keep it in my pocket. I'm done. I'm done. Okay. I'm probably not done. And also just like spoiling yourself and investing in yourself will 100% attract the same types of people who want to do the same for you. My ideal relationship is where we're both spoiling me. Not each other. Ew. Me. Both me. 
All right, that is about it for this episode. I'm going to go make a citizen's arrest on Army Hammer. As always, you can follow me on TikTok, Twitter, and Instagram at GlamDemon2004. And you can also follow the podcast Instagram at Let Me Ruin Your Life Pod and DM for questions or stories. Bye. Thank you.